Next on BYU Sports Nation, countdown to conference featuring one of the most influential BYU athletes of all time. In fact, who is the most influential? The lonely master, Jimo Dashan, a.k.a. Jimmer Fredette, will join us. What's next for the international superstar? Plus, one of the greatest receivers to ever play at BYU, Eric Drage, on the show. Why his numbers put him in rare territory. Get your waffles ready. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Saturday. Your day-to-day play-by-play from Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. April 1st, April Fool's One Day. One of my least favorite days of the year. <laughs> April Fool's. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has officially changed his name from Jerem Jordan to Jerome Jordan. Not true, but my mom got me really good this morning, and I'm I'm quite upset about it because it was some serious content as opposed to, like, a joke. The joke was that the serious content wasn't real. Okay. And I'm like, oh, too far. <laughs> Too far. You can't go that serious. So, someone in the hospital with surgery, post-surgery complication. I'm like, that is not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. She got me good. But that content, mom, that content is too serious. <laughs> I do love today, though, because it's a Saturday show. There's always a lot of energy there. No one's in the building, so we can just kind of treat it like a jungle gym or whatever. But it's general conference. It's the, we joke that this is the pregame show for general conference. And undoubtedly, there will be people that tweet in and say, is this really the content yeah. we should be consuming yeah, we're waiting. before general conference? We're so waiting go, for go, it. Go ahead and send that tweet. We'll just wait here for a sec. <laughs> go ahead and send that tweet in. Use I'm, the hashtag BYUSN. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the jungle gym effect here <laughs> at BYU Broadcasting because, Jerem, we have never played catch in the lobby or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. Ever. No. Keep it professional. Great. <laughs> this is going to be a fun show. Jim Fredette, Eric Drage, former BYU receiver on the show. Batcats were in action. A lot going on. Zach Blair and the PJ is crushing it. It's a big show. And all of you get to watch BYU Sports Nation at home leading up to a day of general conference and make your favorite general conference breakfast, right? Which is... Leading us to our Twitter question today. What is your go-to Saturday morning LDS General Conference breakfast menu? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Mine typically has bacon, sausage, waffles, pancakes. I mean, if we're hosting family over and having, you know, 8 to 15 people or whatever, there's babies crying, screaming, hitting each other. You know, it's, it's a very conducive, uh, reverent. Yeah. Super experience. uplifting. Yes. Then, then general conference starts. It's like, get upstairs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so bacon is involved somewhere of in, course, in your yeah, breakfast. An excessive amount of bacon. Uh, at our house, it's hot blueberry muffins, and you put the butter on and melts in there. Oh, so good. Okay, that yeah, that's that's like the traditional breakfast item. I don't know. I just like breakfast food in general. But what is your go-to Saturday morning general conference breakfast menu? Our boss uh, at McMahon 5 just tweeted, is this really the content we need before general conference? Hashtag April Fool's <laughs> <laughs> Well played at McMinn 5. First tweet in from at Utah Title Expert in response to the breakfast menu question. This isn't even a debate. Neater's French toast every time. Hashtag breakfast of champions. Are we going to charge them for that free plug? Apparently <laughs> not. Send them an Appar- Hey. I got past the goalie. You're welcome. Five hole.
the brought the word champions was brought up. Speaking of champions, uh, Gonzaga yeah. today in the final four in South Carolina. I want Gonzaga to win the whole thing. I think that'd be fun. It would be the ultimate BYU moral victory. Oh, yes, it would. You know, yes. yes, it would be that. You know why? It would be that. Because yeah. Gonzaga would finish with how many wins? Like 37 or 35 or something like that. But more importantly. One loss. Yeah. And the one loss is to who? Brigham. That is right. Which is why we have it chronicled on our wall here in Studio B. 29 and go! Yeah. Thank and you, also, homie. oops, they did it again. Yes, thank you again to those BYU Sports Nation viewers that sent in the newspapers from northern Idaho and from the Spokane area. I never area. thought I'd read those newspapers, but here they are. <laughs> Go Zags tonight against South Carolina. Also, bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football held its 15th and final practice of spring football yesterday to wrap things up. It was also Alumni Day. Head coach Kalani Sitake said it is always good to have the boys back on campus. I want to make sure that our players are really thankful and show gratitude to the guys that did it before them. And, uh, with that, they can always come home and, and feel comfortable here and knowing that, um, that we appreciate them, but also that our guys are excited to join the fraternity of alumni when they graduate to the school as well. Cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford will join us Monday as we continue to break down what exactly we have learned about the progress of BYU in spring football. By the way, Jerem, getting closer. And who's your favorite character in that new show, Vikings? Oh, Ragnar Lothbrook, by far. Mm. Yeah. Countdown to the Vikings. One, four, seven. 147 days. Yes. Okay. It's creeping up on us. It's still March. Oh, it's April now. It's it, April. It is yeah. April. It's April Are we going to put the countdown on the back burner now that spring football is officially over? Well, I don't, I'm not sure that's up to us. They, they'll just play it. That's not in the control room. They'll just play it. They have the actual power. They True. control the elements. You're right. It wasn't up to they us. They literally control the elements. And if you go back to November graphics. on Election Day, we had a statute proposed that would eliminate said countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> and it was voted out, yet here it is back again. Oh, boy. <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to relevant news. The BYU baseball team won game two versus St. Mary's 6-2 last night, led by, by a great outing by pitcher Brady Corliss. Six strikeouts in seven innings, two earned runs on the hill. Game three of the series starts at 2 Eastern today, and there was an incredible catch last night by Keaton Kringlin. That one hit well into left field, tailing, and what a catch by Keaton Kringlin! I think the call was as good as the catch. Hey. What a grab by the left fielder, Keaton Kringlin. He's, he's making he's a good, habit man. of doing this in that area of the ballpark. He's the new Eric Urey. You know yes. what I mean? He played right field last year. Now he's left field. Congratulations to the Batcats. They've won three in a row. They won the series technically against St. Mary's. They'll try and sweep it today. Actually and technically at, and morally. Yeah. All of the above. Two right? Eastern, noon Mountain time. BYU freshman golfer Rhett Rasmussen shot a tournament best 64 yesterday Whoa! in the second round of the Goodwin. Rasmussen currently leads the field at four under par. The Cougars in 10th place as a team. BYU continues play today at 421 Eastern. A 64? A 64. Yeah. And Tatendatsuma ran a 10-19 in track. Yesterday was a great day. Good day for a couple of BYU athletes. Today's a great day, except for my mom's April Fool's joke. Gym BYU Gymnastics competes in the NCAA Regionals tonight. 
In Seattle at 7 Eastern, as the 6 seed, the top two teams advance. Good luck to BYU Gymnastics and our dude, Guard Young. Hits and sticks, baby. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Influential legends. The word of the day is influence. The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. For today's purpose in Studio B, the influence on all attached to BYU is where we focus our attention. Whether loyalists, or alumni, or just someone who recognizes those three letters, BYU or the stretch Y. So, with that in mind, who are the BYU legends that you would consider the most influential of all time. And we were thinking about this because uh, Jimo Deshaun's on today, a.k.a. Jimmer Fredette, his piece uh, on ESPN Outside the Lines, where tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, we talked to Tom Ferry yesterday, great stuff from him. So we were thinking, who, yeah, who is the biggest influence in BYU sports history? The first thought that came to my mind was Jimmer because of this piece. But I think the answer for me is Lavelle Edwards. Absolutely. When, when Lavelle Edwards passed away in December, that, that hit us all pretty hard. And I realized during that time, wow, other than the actual name Brigham Young associated with BYU, Lavelle Edwards has done more to help the university brand than anybody else. Jimmer Fredette is the most recent big rendition of someone who's affected the brand in a great way. But Lavelle Edwards was a guy that was here for 29 years as the head coach, won a national championship, produced Heisman Trophy winner, had this legacy of winning, of personality, of influence as a good dude, uh, and he's, he's done a lot, I think, more, say, Brigham than anybody else for this university. I think it's Lavelle Edwards. You know who agrees with you? Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, who said something to that effect. I did say that before my friend Elder <laughs> Jeffrey R. Holland did uh, at the... Memorial service. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, and I was like, well, it's good to know that uh, I had the, the, the same, same inkling the, the as, same uh, opinion. as uh, Elder Holland. I thought I understood just how influential... Lavelle Edwards was like I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on what he means to BYU and the BYU culture and BYU athletics and all those associated with the Stretch Y brand and then when he passed away I realized how very little I did know I mean people came it felt like from all corners of the earth and certainly across the country to say he impacted my life one time when he shook my hand and made me feel important and other people come chiming in saying he helped me pursue religion and deeper meaning in life just by one conversation that I had with him I mean his his influence in the game of football in and of itself was impressive and a lot of sports characters talk about that ESPN college football analysts were like oh he changed the game the drop back passing attack all as opposed to the forward Drop. The drop-back passing attack, Jerem, because I know you hate the forward yeah. pass it's like, uh, it's just phrase. Pa- it's just pass. But the influence he had on all of those off the field yeah. was the most dynamite thing that I have ever experienced, really, as a journalist. Like, seeing all of that come in, that was, it was unbelievable. Yet I get if your answer is someone else, right? Steve Young, I think, is the best player that's ever come out of here that's done well in the pros, right? Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's the only BYU guy, Pro F- Football Hall of Famer. Tom Homo is an interesting one. He was uh, a four-time Super Bowl champ, you know, three as a player, one as a coach. Now the athletic director at BYU. Now the athletic director. He's having pretty good influence on BYU. I wouldn't put him at number one, but I'd put him up there. Yeah, and we're discussing 
the most influential of all time. That doesn't mean it has to be the number one, yeah, but so, just the category well, itself. I would put Molongi at the bottom of the conversation. <laughs> On signing day, uh, <laughs> three years ago, he he dominated the, the national headlines, yeah. right? How about how about Danny Ainge? Like Danny Ainge has been a huge figure. Da- Danny Ainge is the number one influencer from basketball that's come out of BYU. He's still involved in the game of basketball as the general manager of the Celtics. Hey, and by the way, I need to correct something that was brought up on the air the other day about Danny Ainge specifically. The fact that Dave Rose said Danny Ainge bit Tree Rollins' finger. Way, right? It was the other way around. Tree Rollins bit Danny Ainge's now, finger. Now, to our credit, that's not the time to interrupt <laughs> Dave Rose. I don't know. If you saw oh, a very intense the energy interview. level, that would have been the wrong time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been the wrong time. They, yeah, there are a lot of guys that have um, been associated with BYU sports legends. Uh, Jim McMahon has been a big influence. You know, he's had his moments outside of BYU, of course, but uh, him coming back and graduating and being here and everything was. He was at the funeral as well for Lavelle Edwards. That was great. It was great to see Jim McMahon yeah, back here. Yeah. He's been a huge. Well, even player. a guy like Ty Detmer, right? The Heisman Trophy winner. The Heisman Trophy. I've been a huge influencer at this university, especially on the offense. <laughs> like he, Hi. he'd be the last person to say like I'm an influential character, but he well, was. None of these guys would do that. The last Heisman Trophy winner from a non-power five school. Yeah. 1990 did it for Pretty BYU, throwing for over 5,000 yards that season. If there, yeah. What we should have done is just done the Mount Rushmore, because then you can put four up there. Then it's like for sure Lavelle Edwards. Up yeah, there. yeah. Who's, who's on your Mount there. Rushmore of BYU sports? Yeah. You know, we've got Lavelle and Steve Young, Jimmer Fredette, Danny Ainge, Ty Detmer, Tom Homo in the conversation. Oh, there are many more, many more. The mountain is just Mo Longy. Their their faces are on they're, Mount they're, Mo Longy, <laughs> like Tefiti from Moana. <laughs> Mo Longy is Tefiti laying down. Who are the BYU legends that you That's would consider? That's what White Mountain is. It's Molangi. <laughs> the most influential of all time. That is our conversation topic. We're also asking all of you to tell us your go-to Saturday morning general conference breakfast menu items. Coming in, we got one from Arkansas we'll read after the break. All right. Hashtag BYUSN. Also coming up on the show, Eric Drage, one of the great receivers to ever catch a ball from Ty Detmer, and why he's in rarefied air when you look at his numbers. What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. Saturday morning countdown to General Conference Special on BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. We're talking breakfast foods. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Has there ever been a more compelling subject than breakfast foods? I feel like I should do that in Bill Walton voice. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Has there ever been a more compelling topic than breakfast foods on BYUSN? I think not, Jeremy. I think almost every other uh, topic we've ever done uh, has been more compelling than that. <laughs> BYU Baseball is playing Oregon Monday at 4 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. So game three against St. Mary's today. But then Monday, a non-conference game with the Ducks, whose basketball team is in the Final Four as well. That that could be a huge day for Oregon Ducks sports. First, the baseball game, and then secondarily, uh, potentially the national championship. 
Get a cinnamon roll, please. <laughs> Speaking of the great Northwest, 77 <laughs> champ Bill Walton was born the Trailblazers, man. Yeah. Our Twitter question today. Rip City. What is your go-to Saturday morning general conference breakfast menu at I Love Har? Says, we picked up some Krispy Kreme donuts for the morning. Sugar them up and make them sit. That's a good one. At Voice of UAM. That's uh, University of Arkansas, Monticello. General Conference breakfast in Arkansas. Pork chops, biscuits mm-hmm. made from scratch, and gravy. Hey. I am headed your way <laughs> ASAP. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Actually, for us this morning, it was kolaches, a uh, Greek, I believe it's Greek, right? Breakfast food. Yeah, I don't know. They just taste good. Hungarian breakfast food, I'm learning. They taste good. <laughs> doesn't matter where they're from. <laughs> they're so good. Via our producer, Ben Bagley. Very kind of him. Uh, before we get to our first guest on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, we should set him up with one of the more interesting statistics that I have ever come across via Jerem Jordan. So with that, let's go to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eric Drage is one of two BYU players with two seasons of a 1,000-yard receiving. The other guy is Chris Smith. There have only been two. Ever. Yeah, initially I thought, oh, the other one is probably Austin, Austin Colley, right? No, he he had 946 one year, so he didn't quite get up to 1,000 his freshman year. Chris or, Smith, or year, the tight end. So so Eric is the only wide receiver to ever do that. Two seasons with over 1,000 yards. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. And Eric Drage is with us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Let's start with our Twitter question today because we have deemed that important and necessary. What uh, What's your go-to Saturday morning general conference breakfast menu? You know, give me a chorizo breakfast burrito and I'm good. Okay. <laughs> That's legit. I had a breakfast burrito this morning as well. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. Take uh, care of you for a while. Yeah, totally. Yesterday was BYU Alumni Day after the last spring practice. I believe you were there. What was that experience like as all the alumni come back and uh, get to hang out at BYU again? You know, it was fantastic. Just the being around the team again is always fun. And, you know, Bronco did a nice job of starting that tradition and, and um, uh, kind of, you know, Kalani's continuing it and it's just it's a different feel now though with the different coaching staff you know because a lot of these guys are former players and guys that I played with and and knew and and uh, man it was it was just great to be there Eric Drage with us on BYU Sports Nation and just so you know Eric Jerem got your autograph when he was 10 years old and he wanted me to ask you if it's okay to sell it on eBay I did not ask that Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if as long as you split the proceeds with me, I could I could get a candy bar or something. Yeah, so, yeah I'll, I'll give you the seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be shocked if it got that much. Eric, obviously, you're involved uh, as an alumnus of BYU football. How closely do you follow BYU football since you starred here in the the late '80s and early '90s? Actually, quite a bit. I'm, I mean, I'm a diehard fan. I mean, I'm watching everything. I mean, not as much as maybe the uh, some other fans, right, that know everybody that we've signed and all the elder statistics and all that. But I, I'm a pretty close fan. I mean, I went to Alaska last year during um, the Utah and UCLA games, and we had to find a place to watch it in Alaska. So we drove about an hour each way to, to find a place that had the games on. So I'm a pretty big fan. Wow. How would you assess year one under Kalani Satake as the Cougars went nine and four with a pretty tough schedule? So I would I would call it a 
huge success. I, you know, going into the season with that schedule and everything and the new coaching staff, I figured, you know, if we won seven games and, and, and made it to a bowl, I'd be happy. So winning nine games was great. Um, being in every game and having a chance to win every game was also a, a, a big plus. I, you know, it'd been nice to win a couple of those close ones, but um, what a great job by that staff and, and those players um, with that schedule. So I, I would call it a huge success. After a nine and four season in year one, what are your expectations for BYU in year two under Coach Sataki and his staff? So, so for me, it's not always about the, the wins and losses, although that's a big part of it. So, uh, you know, for me, it's about improvement. Are we showing improvement as a team? Um, you know, for instance, the offensive line, right? I think that was a uh, kind of a shaky point last year, and, and, uh, and my guy, Mike Impey, will do a fantastic job uh, of just showing improvement year in and year out, I think. And so um, as long as we're improving and getting better, um, not necessarily – it may not show up in the, in the wins and losses, but we've got to show improvement, at, you know, across the board. And this is coming from a place for you, not just as a wide receiver. I believe you're a coach now. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to now? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm coach. I coach a semi-pro team, the Wasatch Revolution, and it's a spring league. And so we're starting um, that next week in St. George is our first game. So um, you know, been doing that for about wow, 12 years now, and we've won the uh, the championship the last three. So we're going for the four peat this year. Congratulations nice. on that. And uh, with your Thank coach's you. cap on, BYU, you know, doesn't bring a lot of experience back in the wide receiver group where you excelled as uh, a member of the Cougar football team. What kind of concern does that bring to you, knowing that there's just not a ton coming back in terms of on-field catches and experience? Yeah, I mean that is a concern, and I, you know, I've actually um, become pretty close with Ben Cahoon, and I really enjoy, you know, talking to him and and you know, kind of picking his brain a little bit, and and um, he doesn't seem too worried. He feels like they've got a lot of talent. Watching yesterday at practice, I felt like they have a lot of talent. That Talon Shumway kid is an absolute beast, and I think he's going to be great. Um, so I think they've got a lot of talent there, a lot of athleticism, but I, you know, the actual game experience is lacking. So yeah, that's probably the, the area that we're all waiting to see what happens, right? I look at the numbers and of the guys returning, and Moroni Laulu-Putzitao is a tight end, so his numbers don't count in the wide receivers, right? Right. Uh, 44 right. catches, 442 receiving yards, and one touchdown. I look at those numbers and I go, that should have been from one guy, right? Um, but what's more important as you look at the group? A good quarterback with decent receivers or good receivers with a decent quarterback? So – I've been around teams with both. I mean, when I played with Ty, you know, we had a great quarterback and, uh, you know, very average receivers. And, um, <laughs> and then I've been, I've been with teams where, you know, we had just so-so quarterback. And I don't mean that as, you know, a negative. I mean, um, I'll use an example. You know, I don't think Ryan Hancock was a great quarterback. I think he was a good quarterback, decent quarterback. Um, but what he would do is he would throw the ball up and give us a chance to make plays. And we had some receivers that made some plays. So I think you can have success both ways. Um, and, and I think this year, you know, I think Tanner's I, – I, I think the, the um, ceiling is just so high for him. And so I'm, I have a lot of expectations for him. And, and, um, and I think they're going to be okay. But I don't know. That's, that's kind of the sitting on the fence answer. Sorry. Hey, that's okay. You're allowed to do that because uh, you're <laughs> one of two guys that has uh, 2,000-yard seasons in receiving. So you've, uh, you've earned that right. All those years ago, Eric, why did you choose BYU as your destination to play football and go to school? Okay, can I give you guys a little advice real quick? Sure. When you when you're, have a guest on and you say, all those years ago, you make them feel really <laughs> old. 
Um, so actually, the the number one reason was because of Lavelle Edwards and the offense, right? I mean, I was a receiver. Um, I wanted to catch passes, and I didn't even know about Ty Detmer. I didn't know about. I wasn't a big BYU guy per se, but I wanted to go somewhere where I could um, catch a lot of passes, and and um, you know, I had a couple schools. Arizona wanted me to walk on, and all they did was run the ball, and so I'm like, well, no, I'm going to go somewhere where I can make plays, and so that was the number one reason was the offense of BYU. Um, and had you known about time, maybe you wouldn't have come here. You're like, what a five ten, like one seventy five guy. Um, what's your- yeah, with a pop gun arm. <laughs> what's your? What are some of your favorite Ty Detmer memories? Um, now that he's back at BYU, you know, uh, uh, year two as the OC here. Oh man, so um, <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, what I my my freshman year, you know, he's this is how I got introduced to him. You know, he's over there holding his mouth like he's got a toothache, and he's like, oh, man, I, I, do you have any cavities, Drage? And I was like, yeah, I've got a few cavities. And he's like, oh, let me see. So I open my mouth wide as I can, and he looks inside with a big wad of dry grass and just throws it in. And, and I'm, as I'm choking, you know, uh, that was my introduction to Ty Detmer. And that's how he was all the time. Um, another another good memory, we're watching uh, film, and, you know, the the screen is up. And for some reason, and so, you know, Norm Chow says, hey, somebody pull that screen down. So we go over, pull the screen down, and, and Ty had taped a six-foot um, cutout of Robbie Bosco on the screen and went in his Heisman days, um, you know. So the, Ty was always doing that kind of stuff, and he always kept it light. So <laughs> I'm so glad we asked this question. grass in your mouth? What in the world? That's funny. Oh. I know. I know. It was bad. Eric Drage with us on BYU Sports Nation, one of the all-time greats to ever catch a football for BYU. What is your favorite moment as a BYU football player? Man, so I had a a lot of of good memories, but probably my favorite is – uh, we're playing Utah at home, and it, we were kind of backed up, and, and um, Ty's the quarterback, and we're on the three-yard line, and, and Norm Chow calls a dash route, which is a the quarterback drops straight back and then sprints out. So to call that from the three-yard line is unheard of because um, it takes a little time to develop. And uh, Ty rolls out, and I ran a corner route, and Ty dropped a dime on me, and the safety tries to undercut it, and he, and he misses. So I turn up the sideline, and I, I see McBride right there as I'm running past him, and I, 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 there's no way I'm going to score, right? 97 yards, and I'm a slow white guy. I'm getting caught. Um, and I keep looking over my shoulder, and, you know, nobody's gaining on me. So, you know, to score that and then ask for oxygen after that was probably my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that elevation will get you. That is yeah. fantastic stuff. Eric, it's uh, great to talk to you. We appreciate the time. I promise never to drop the phrase all those years ago on you or any other guest. Oh, you'll drop it on someone else later. <laughs> don't worry. You can drop it on someone else. Just don't do it on me, and I'll appreciate that. It's not you. Okay. Hey, good stuff. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you in the future soon, man. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Eric Drage on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. The current generation, when they talk about the good wide receivers – they don't think of him first because they've forgotten, maybe. They should not forget. He was the so good. The only BYU receiver with 1,000 yards in, in two, two seasons. seasons. Huh? He was so consistent for BYU. And he played with not only Ty Detmer, but a bunch of other quarterbacks. Ryan Hancock, John Walsh. Like He, he was the go-to guy for a lot yeah. of guys. There was a lot of slingage going on in the early 90s. Absolutely. So. BYU football. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the great Jimmer Fredette joins us. Jimo Dashen, how did he get that nickname, the Lonely Master?
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere, live on a Saturday. Countdown to conference. In fact, if you missed our first interview with Eric Drage, one of the greats to ever catch a ball for BYU, and why he is in lonely master territory, if you look at his football statistics, he's done something that no other BYU receiver has done. Also, what was his introduction to Ty Detmer at BYU? Yeah, and what does that have to do with grass in his mouth? (laughs) As you mentioned, the BYU TV and BYU radio apps, they're free. You can get tons of on-demand content, including this program and all the other offerings uh, from BYU TV, BYU radio. So check it out. You can download those, BYU TV, BYU radio. Watch live or on-demand. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the Lonely Master, Jimo Dashen, Jimmer Fredette, the all-time leading scorer at BYU until Tyler Haas broke it, but he did so in uh, a little bit less games than Tyler. Jimmer, great to have you back on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. First and foremost, congratulations for like 20 reasons, and we'll start with the birth of your first child, Wesley. How has life changed for you since welcoming the newest Fredette? Uh, she's, she's been an amazing blessing. I mean, uh, she's obviously uh, trying to eat and sleep as much as she can right now, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're having a great time. You know, she's uh, she's an amazing little girl, and we've we've loved uh, Whitney and I have loved having her, and um, you know we're just uh, figuring this whole parent thing out. But uh, you know, I think we're getting better and better every day, and uh, you know it's it's an exciting new chapter every day. How would you summarize your experience playing basketball in China? I know that's a loaded question, but uh, what, what were some of the highlights, and how would you summarize that? Yeah, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I first went over there. You know, just going to a new New country I'd never played overseas before, lived overseas before, anything like that. So I didn't know what to expect, but uh, the team um, were, were, were really great with um, you know, getting the athletes. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jimmer, you were named the international MVP of the Chinese Basketball Association, 37.6 points per game. At what point did you know you were on pace to do something special overseas? You know, it was uh, – it was a special season right from the be- right from the beginning. Um, you know, the first game of the year, I knew that I had to come out and prove that I could play in this league and, and uh, lead the team and uh, get them to where we wanted to get to. I mean, they were, you know, they hadn't made the playoffs in six or seven years before I'd been there, and, and uh, I wanted to set the tone early to go out and play uh, the best that I could and lead the team right away. So, you know, the first game had about 42 or 43 points. And, uh, you know, I knew it could be a special season right from there just by the, how hard our team played, the talent that we had, and, um, you know, knowing that I was going to be able to have the ball in my hands again and just go out and play to the best of my ability. So I was really, really excited to be able to have that opportunity. And, uh, you know, as soon as that, that season started, I wanted to have an MVP-type season. So the fans in China call you Jimo Dashen, which uh, means the lonely god or the lonely master. How did you get that nickname, and what was that like? They and Gmo kind of works with Jimmer, right? That that was convenient. Yeah, that's well, that's exactly what they that's what they they were calling me because uh, a lot of people can't say Jimmer, so they say Gmo. You know that that's kind of how they pronounce Jimmer over there, and they said Gmo in um, Chinese means lonely, 
and uh, but it means so at first I thought I was like oh that's not a very great nickname I'm like a lonely person you know <laughs> I was like oh this is great but then they explained to me it was actually a really uh, positive thing it's like lonely and I, on the top by yourself and and uh, no one else can can reach your level and uh, so that was a great compliment. And, uh, yeah, so then Jimo Dashen means like a, you know, the lonely master or a lonely god or whatever it is. I, I try to stay away from the god part, but, uh, the, uh, it, it's a really cool thing and uh, it's really stuck. The first time I heard it was from my teammates. And then, um, then I started hearing the fans call me it, and then the news reporters and everything were calling me it and saying that that was my nickname and how did I like it and everything. And, uh, you know, it's stuck ever since. The Lonely Master with us on BYU Sports Nation, Jimmer Fredette. We talked to Tom Ferry, a reporter for ESPN. Uh, you have an Outside the Lines piece airing tomorrow that is featuring your time in China and the success you had as a basketball player over there. And, and he called it, you know, Jimmermania in China. What, is, what was that like for you uh, to be embraced and, and the exposure that you got in a foreign country? Yeah, no, it was a it was a really amazing experience. Obviously, um, you know, there's 1.4 billion people in China, and uh, in in Shanghai itself, there's 33 million people there. So, I mean, it's just a massive city, and and it, you, as you guys know, it's a basketball crazy um, nation. You know, they love basketball. There's like 500 million basketball fans there, so they 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 keep tabs with their Chinese players in the CBA, and obviously, they love the NBA. Um, so once, you know, and, and Shanghai being the second biggest city in, in China, they, you know, and they haven't been good in a while since we were able to start having a good season and beating some of these teams that we hadn't beaten before and some of these teams that, you know, were top in the leagues and had some really great players, people started to notice us. And uh, we started to have sellout crowds and the, the city really got behind us. It was a really difficult ticket for people to get. And, um, you know, it just kept growing and growing throughout the season. And, um, you know, I kept having great games and just playing the way that I played. And, and our team was winning. So it was kind of like a perfect storm again. And, and people just really grabbed onto it. And kind of a, a second coming of, of Jim Romania, which was really, really fun. And, uh, you know, I was grateful to be a part of it. And, and uh, the people over there just, you know, they're very, very supportive, very positive. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a very fun experience. Jim, I've heard uh, – I, I know – you couldn't prosel you couldn't proselytize you know proselyte in uh, China yet people would show up at church and there were some questions I heard as to whether you were proselytizing or not and you're like no I haven't and they would just show up at at an LDS church can you can you clarify or tell us any stories there so I I mean uh, yeah there was a lot of great um, you know missionary experiences I was able to have over there. Um, you know, people definitely would show up, um, you know, to the church and ask, uh, you know, if, if this was the church that I went to. But the thing about it is that, yeah, over there, if a Chinese person comes to the American or expat ward, you can't let them come in. You have to direct them to the Chinese ward. Um, so you can't, yeah, like you said, you can't proselyte or anything like that over there. Um, but I had some great experiences. I had a lot of members of the church that actually came up to me and went in on business meetings with Chinese people that, you know, in Shanghai or in Beijing or wherever it was, and they, the Chinese people found out that they were Mormon, and then they would always be like, oh, oh so you're the member of Jimmer's Church, of Jimmer's <laughs> Church. And uh, so they, they knew, that they know that I'm Mormon over there, and they knew that there's a little something different about me, um, you know, as a foreigner coming over to playing, and I, they, they grab onto that type of stuff, and it uh, was a really awesome experience. I think that's 
the greatest, um, you know, experience that I had over there was to be able to kind of shine a good light on the church, and, you know, besides the basketball part. Fantastic stuff. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation, 2011 National Player of the Year and 2017 International MVP for the Chinese Basketball Association. We learned that there are a lot of different uh, barriers you face when it comes to keeping contact with the outside world, specifically no Twitter and Facebook allowed in China. So how do you keep contact with BYU Sports and your friends and things like that when, when you're not allowed to access those type of social media platforms? Yeah, you know that was the that's the biggest challenge. I needed to try to listen to you guys, and I wasn't able to all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's you know, right, but, baby. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah, but I was trying. To, I'll tell you one thing. They they so they have a you know things called VPN over there. Um, so basically, it's like a a router that you, you can kind of circumnavigate the Chinese internet and use uh, American internet or whatever internet that you want to use. We won't tell China and, this uh, happened so had, either. <laughs> Say it again. We won't tell China this happened either. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you don't tell anybody. I, mean, <laughs> I had a whole setup. I had a whole setup in my place. I got ESPN and everything, and nice. so I had a good setup. But I, uh, so I had this router. So I, when I was in my apartment, I was able to kind of get, um, it, I get on Twitter and on um, Instagram and everything, and and kind of keep up with everybody. Um, when I was outside of the apartment, it was a lot It was a lot harder, so I just kind of did all my research and talking to people and everything when I was back at the place. Um, and uh, so it, it worked out really well. They had a great setup for me. They knew that I needed something like that, so they helped me set that up, and uh, that's kind of how you circumnavigate it. But, uh, yeah, don't, 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 don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good thing this isn't on TV already. We're, we're cool, man. We're cool. Hey, when, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, when Wesley was born, uh, I believe Whitney was induced at 37 weeks, and you were in the middle of the playoffs. Yep. Can you describe to us how uh, the timing worked out for you to fly back and be there for the birth of your child and then go back to China? Yeah, it actually uh, worked out uh, perfectly, more better than we had expected. We Obviously, her due date was until March 12th, and um, you know she ended up being induced on February 23rd, which ended up working out really well because my last game of the season was February 19th. So after the last game of the season, I was able to fly back and be here with her for the first couple of days and then get to the, uh, bring her to the hospital and everything. But I had to leave on the 24th at 5 p.m. to go back to China because I had a game on the 26th. Um, in China, a, a, a playoff game or a second playoff game. I missed the first one, so uh, you know she got induced on the morning of the 23rd, and uh, she ended up having the baby at 1:46 p.m. on the 24th. So I was able to see the birth and then hang out with Wesley and Whitney for about three hours, and then I hopped on a plane and went to China. Got in China on the 26th morning and played a game that night and uh playoff game that night. So it was uh it was a crazy 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 experience. I mean, I I was exhausted. I didn't sleep for probably 3 days straight, but um you know, it it, it worked out well. We were able to win that game and and move forward and keep playing in the playoffs and do it do well and I was able to see the birth. So it it ended up working out perfectly, but uh, it was one of the crazy experiences I've ever had. That's amazing. I'm, ha- I'm having serious anxiety for you right now, thinking about that, Jimmer. <laughs> that is That's an amazing it was, it story. Was crazy. We didn't, yeah, we didn't think that we she was going to have the baby before I left, and then you know I think uh, you know we were blessed to be able to have that opportunity, and I was able to see it. And then, yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody's ever 
you know, made it to China on the morning of from a U.S. trip and then play that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break, breaking little, some barriers. You thought going to UNLV yeah, was, was hard. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah going to China. Exactly. <laughs> what's, what's next for you? Do you want to play in China again next year? Do you still want to try and take a crack at the NBA? You know, it's all about finding the right opportunity for me. I, I, I have a great uh, opportunity in China for sure. I, I know I could go back, and I think the uh, opportunity for to make money over there is, is is great. And obviously, the fans are awesome. I enjoyed playing over there. The city is great. I I feel comfortable uh, playing over there if I were to go back over. Um, you know, but if there's a an NBA situation that comes about that looks like it's going to be really promising, and uh, you know, I'm going to be able to get the type of playing time that I that I want and uh, be in a good situation then obviously that would be an awesome uh, situation as well. So, you know, I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm still trying to to weigh my options. Obviously, it's very early in summer, so we'll continue to talk with different teams and see what else else is out there. Um, But if I do go back to China, I think I'm in a great situation. I think if I go back to the NBA, it'll be a situation that I like. So I think I'm in a good spot right now. I'm really pleased with it. You know, going over to China was – an amazing blessing and something that uh, has really helped my career out. What kind of timeline are you on in terms of making that decision, Jimmer? You know, no real timeline. You know, we have all summer. I think uh, we're going to try to negotiate as much as we can with with both sides and and, and figure out the best deal and whatever we feel like we have the deal that we want in either place, then we'll pull the trigger. Um, So it's not necessarily a, a timeline, obviously, free agency in the NBA, you can't sign with a team until July, um, but you can have talks with teams and, and figure things out if you wanted to beforehand. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, no real timeline. Well, good luck with that. Um, and we look forward to the Outside the Lines piece tomorrow on ESPN, 9 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, I know you run a bunch of camps during the summer. Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, no, so it'll be great. Um, we're having uh, the, our three-on-three basketball tournament. Um, you know, for for my foundation uh, there in Utah uh, with Jimerosity, and uh, I played really in that last year. About it. It'll be, a, yeah, I know you guys did. It was, uh, yeah, it was a sight to see. I'll tell you that. I really, you know, that's the best part about it. Going over there in the noontime to watch the, the, yeah, the uh, the older guys play. I guess I could say the older guys, but <laughs> I hope you guys can play again. It was a lot of fun, but uh, it's in the it's in mid June, uh, the 16th and 17th weekend. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, so you register, um, get your three-on-three t- team ready. I'll be there cheering everybody on and, and uh, seeing how things go. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it again. Jimmer, congratulations again uh, on the birth of your daughter, Wesley, to you and Whitney and for your success in the Chinese Basketball Association and everything you have going for you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and we know how busy you are, so thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate you guys. Spencer and Jeremy, you guys are the best. All right, appreciate hey, Jeremy. Come visit us in Studio B next time, huh? Yeah, one of these in the summer. Maybe we'll get it done. All right, but, sounds good. Thanks, Jimmer. Yeah, no problem, guys. See ya. Jimmer Fredette on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Some crazy stories, right? Especially around the birth of Wesley, kind of the first daughter of BYU basketball, right? Three hours with your brand-new baby, and then you got to get on a plane to go back to China. And then you play that night. And win. And win. I think, I think, I'm not exactly, I think he had 37 in that game, by the way. Oh. Or 27, which is crazy. And, oh. and I'm looking forward to seeing this piece tomorrow on Outside the Lines to explore yeah. kind of Jimo Dashin there in China. Pretty cool. 
I can't promise you that I will wake up at 7 o'clock local time to watch that. We have a DVR, bro. Exactly. DVR that action. Great stuff from Jimmer for Dead up next on BYU Sports Nation. Your go-to breakfast for General Conference. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern because this is a Saturday special. You'll need to check this out on the DVR function on BYUtv.org or the apps that will all be available there for you. Monday, BYU baseball is back in action after Game 3 later today with St. Mary's. It's Monday against Oregon, 4 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If the Ducks pull off the upset against the Tar Heels in the Final Four, that could be a huge Monday for Oregon sports. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that would be like the precursor to the NCAA title game against maybe Gonzaga, South Carolina. Ooh, okay. Could be an all-Northwest final, Gonzaga-Oregon. That's what I'm pulling for. I don't My dad's going to be so mad because he's a Tar Heel. It's going to be Gonzaga, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. It's going to be Gonzaga, North Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina, North Carolina would be compelling too. Sure. The Carolinas, yeah. that'd be interesting. Good times. All right, it is our general conference pregame show. And, hey, uh, 10 minutes to go until from the crossroads of the West. We're glad to have all of you with us on BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation. We just talked to – Some people are like, what, 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 sports? Again, before? And, we, and we mentioned this off the top of the show. Right, we, the tweets coming in like, is this really the way that we should get prepared <laughs> to watch general conference? And I've said it the a million times. Yes. We're here to wake you up. We are here to bring energy and to uh, lighten things up yeah, so that hold. you are ready to go when conference starts in now eight and a half minutes. Hold some bacon for us. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that from the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, baby. From the conference center at Temple Square. We got uh, a text message from our friend Zach Nyborg, former director of football operations at BYU, who's now at Oregon State. He said, Sweeter than Mormon Tabernacle songs are the musings of BYU Sports Nation. I don't agree with that at all, Spencer. <laughs> the spirituality level is going to go up a notch. Yes. Coming up at the Again, top we're of the just hour. A, we're here to wake you up. Free game show. Who's, we're, we're who's the, got a sprained ankle or, yeah. a, or a, uh, the flu or a, a larynx that's bruised or something and are Things out? Like we'll give you the report. Yeah, that would be funny. We're the, non-ca- we're not doing we're the non-caffeinated spiritual wake-up moment. Well, that's BYU in general. <laughs> we also had uh, at wise underscore guy tweet in asking, hey, do you have going for two picks for general conference? Y- yes, we do. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 92 minutes or less for priesthood session. And okay. at least three temples announced. Okay. And uh, I'm going to say uh, Elder Oaks will say the phrase, quote, the Apostle Paul said. That will happen. That and will happen. Number two, President Uchtdorf will not mention airplanes in his first talk. Will oh, not. Okay. Now, that's, now that's a big one. I think that I think that's the bravest, boldest one that you produced <laughs> all season. All season, the boldest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Brian Logan thinks that's bold. We also learned from at T Brewer that kolaches are a Czech pastry, not Hungarian, we need and to not get our Greek. European food items. It is straight. Czech. Yeah. Might we, be. This is why social media is fantastic, and we love BYU Sports Nation. Most of the time, it's fantastic. Here to keep us in check. For sure. What is your go-to general conference breakfast menu? At Brute DR says pancakes, bacon, scrambled eggs, diet, Mountain Dew. Okay. And BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag shameless plug. Yes. Yeah, there, yeah it was, there was no shame in that. We love it, <laughs> which true. is exactly why we read it. 
Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, anything and everything else you need to know about BYU Sports in the Cougar Whip Around. Stay with us. I'm hungry still. Hashtag LDS Comp. You're going to switch hashtags. Yes, hashtag LDS Comp. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Huge thanks to our guests today, Eric Drage, the only receiver in BYU football history to have two seasons of 1,000 yards or more, and the great Jimmer Fredette, Jimo Dashen, the lonely master, the nickname given to him by the Chinese after an international MVP season in the CBA. What's next for Jimmer? Download the podcast on iTunes. And next week we'll talk to BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford and then my homie, Cougar Ultimate Frisbee coach Bryce Merrill. Yes, Ultimate Frisbee will be on BYU Sports Nation. With that in mind, let's whip it. Yes. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The Cougars held their 15th and final practice yesterday and wrapped up spring ball. Kalani Stocky said it's always good to have alumni back on the show. We talked to Eric, Eric Drage earlier in the program. Baseball. BYU won game two against St. Mary's 6-2, led by a great outing from pitcher Brady Corliss. He had six strikeouts in seven innings, two earned runs on the hill. Game three of the series starts today at 2 Eastern time. Golf. I think it's 4 Eastern. Or is it 2 Eastern? Yeah. It starts this afternoon. Yeah. BYU freshman golfer Rhett Rasmussen shot a tournament best 64 yesterday in the second round of the Goodwin. Rasmussen currently leads the field at 4 under. The Cougars are in 10th place. BYU continues to play today, 421 Eastern. Gymnastics. BYU competing in the NCAA Regionals today in Seattle at 7 Eastern as the number 6 seed. The top two teams advance. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is currently tied for 5th at 8 under. Par in the Shell Houston Open. Cougars overseas. Charles Abuo had 15 points and 4 rebounds for his international squad yesterday. Softball. 25th ranked BYU beat Oregon State 4-2 yesterday in Corvallis. Lauren Bell, 2-4 with the double. The Cougars take on the Beavers again today, 3 Eastern. Rugby. BYU Rugby beat up on Central Washington yesterday by a final score of 55-12. Tennis. The women's team won its conference opening match against Portland. The men lost to Portland. They take on Gonzaga at 3 Eastern in Spokane. The only people left in Spokane, I think. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Brady Corliss. Great outing on the mound for BYU Baseball. What is your go-to Saturday morning general conference breakfast menu? Use the hashtag BYUSN to send in your responses. Our elite tweet of the day, at CL underscore living. Some people say there are no sports in heaven. Good reason why I watch BYU Sports Nation on Saturday before general conference. That had nothing to do with breakfast, but we appreciate it. Hey, enjoy general conference. It's going to be great. And thank you for joining us, my friends. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jeffrey R. Holland.